With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hey everybody, welcome to AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here today. I'm four cups of coffee in, so it's gonna be either a good day or a bad day depending on your viewpoint and we've we've got mr energy drink man over here two of them deep how you doing tony i'm doing all right two of them deep yep that's about the same as four cups of coffee i think i don't know yeah but it doesn't stain to my teeth Mm, doesn't stain my teeth either you Mm. just have to have good teeth uh hygiene that's it yikes okay i don't know where i'm going with that anyway uh i do know where i'm going with the rest of this interview today we've got giant giant guy that just casually steps in the the ring over the top rope we got big bill how you doing man I'm doing excellent, guys. How are you? I got uh, a big gulp this morning with uh, caffeine-free Diet Coke, so I, ha- wow. I don't have as much caffeine as you guys. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll get you there. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to start this podcast off by saying congratulations. You and Lexi recently got engaged. Uh, thank you very much. I know, and she, she came to work after everyone, of course, is in the locker room like looking at big ass ring on her finger and just like oh man this is the most lexi ring we've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) it was just so so gorgeous and on top of that like you two are just so wonderful together i'm just so happy for the both of you so congratulations well thank you very much i really appreciate that yeah it's extremely exciting and i wanted to do it in new york because new york has like a special place in our heart when it comes to christmas time so the ring's pretty nice, and I had some help picking it out, so it's not not all me. But yeah, it definitely suits Lexi to a T. So you did the you proposed to her in New York? Yeah, we we uh, at Rockefeller Center each year since we've been dating. There's uh, a, a little spot by the tree where no one really knows about, where no one even goes, and we've taken a picture there like every year since we started dating. So I wanted to do it in that spot. So I had her wow put her camera down. I don't know. She knows how to configure the camera so it snaps like pictures like that and i had her put a camera down and she thought we were going to take a, a picture in front of the tree like usual and i proposed and wow yeah it was really really special day that's a great story that's awesome thank you it's funny you said lexi knows how to like set up the camera and stuff she is yeah. like the one person backstage she has like all of the special like lighting things for her phone <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah. like she she is a pro at cell phone photography like yeah very, very knowledgeable girl on that front. But kind of kind of moving on a little bit, as exciting as uh, it is for you and Lexi and as ex- excited we are for you guys. Let's talk about some wrestling. Yeah. Hell yeah. You've been you've been tagging with Lee Moriarty. I think you guys had a couple matches recently on Dynamite, uh, facing Jungle Hook. There was this amazing stare down in the match between you and Ken Jong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where he's like this little little tiny guy behind the uh the thing, and you're this the, this big looming presence <laughs> that was super awesome 
What's it like teaming with Lee Moriarty? It's it's been really fun. You know, I, I didn't know Lee very well before I got to AEW, but uh, being a part of the firm and kind of chatting with him and getting to know him in terms of uh, his wrestling opinions and, and how he sees things. And uh, I really get along with him in, in that way. There's a lot of things that we have in common. Tagging with him has been has been fun. We've had, I think, like three matches together so far. Mm-hmm. And of course, having Stoke with us is, is always a very, very great addition. And uh, the stare down at, at uh, Dynamite, Jungle Boy was just kind of getting beat up and he was selling away towards the fans. And I had no idea that he was uh, that uh, Chow from The Hangover w- was there. <laughs> I was just kind of stalking him and following him. And he went to the barricade and I just thought it would be a random fan that I could taunt. And I looked up and it was him. I was completely taken off guard. It was like I to the point where I was laughing. because It was pretty crazy. I had no idea he was even going to be there. I don't think any of us knew he was going to be there. I just thought that was what a moment that was. And what a moment it was when you kind of uh, – Came in as MJF's mystery opponent for Wardlow back in May. Big pop when you arrived. Felt pretty good, didn't it? Yeah, it was. It felt really, really good. I hadn't been on TV, well, on national television in many, many years. Right. I worked really hard to to get back to where I've come from and uh, to get back to where I am now from where I've come from. Put in a lot of hard work. And it was a, that was a really special night for me because uh, Tony gave me the opportunity to come in. And uh, I think I did really well. Mm. We had a really good match. And um, agreed. Yeah, that was a very, very special night for me because it just it was the culmination of a lot of hard work. It was really, really awesome to to see AEW for the first time from you know the backstage perspective, and um, it was a uh, kind of an emotional night for me and Lexi for sure. Right. Just a- after that, because of everything that we had gone through and everything leading up to that moment. So um, that opportunity was really, really special. Something I'll never forget. Yeah, good reaction from everybody on on social media, too. Great positive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even the week before, uh, when MJF was cutting his promo backstage, and he kind of alluded to the fact that it was going to be me, and I was nervous watching. I was like, oh, God, how are they going to react? Right. When he, when he said, you can't teach that, and the, the fans, you could hear them in the building on TV, and they, they reacted very positively. So that that was awesome. I mean, of course they re- reacted positively. You've done some incredible things in this career in the last few years alone. And we'll we'll get into that. Did you actually meet MJF and Wardlow before that day? No, I'd never met either of them. There's so many people that I met for the first time that day. Kind of because I was, was, I was out of the wrestling industry for a few years. So there's this whole new crop of talent and all these talented guys that were coming up and then became the stars they are now that I didn't really get to even mingle with beforehand. So uh, I'd never met either of them uh, before that, that encounter that day. Damn. They were both extremely nice to work with. It was a really, really fun day. We're talking with uh, big bill or W Morrissey, as we've called him on TV. Talk about, you know, you said it was uh, a special moment for you to come back and we're going to get into that, but you go to the AEW locker room. How's that been for you so far being in there? It's been really, really fun. Of course, when you first come in, it's like people are a little suspicious of you. I'm sure that's I just know that's how I would be when the new guy comes in. Right. You come in and you're kind of trying to feel everybody out. And There's a bit of a process there. It takes a few weeks, maybe maybe a few months. But everybody's been super, super kind. Everybody's been accommodating any questions I ever have. Everybody's been really, really awesome. I really appreciate that because, you know, coming into a brand new locker room and professional wrestling can can be 
not the easiest thing in the world and it, it's gone by pretty smoothly yeah i really appreciate everybody and there's been there's people in the locker room there that i know from from years past and that definitely doesn't hurt yeah it's it's a very different atmosphere in AEW. it's it's fun and for me it's a very very positive environment i haven't been in wrestling as long as some of the old farts in this business like tony shivani <laughs> it definitely seems like one of those things where you never really say goodbye to anyone. It's just, I'll see you later. Like eventually you end up meeting back up with old friends and family that you hadn't crossed paths with in a while. So super exciting. Yeah. What's been the most enjoyable part of being at AEW so far? Besides, you know, being able to travel with my fiance, which is a huge positive. Huge. The, yeah. The, the best part, man, it's just everybody's so accessible, I, I would say. It's everybody's you know, easy to talk to. Everybody's approachable, no matter how busy they are. Everybody kind of will go out of their way if you have some questions or you need some advice. And I not only do I see that from my perspective, I see it from a distance with uh, with other people. And uh, I think that that's extremely helpful. And it creates a, a camaraderie and, and a team atmosphere, which uh, in wrestling is very hard to, to create because it's, you know, dog eat dog and everybody, you know, wants to get to the top. But I, I feel like it's it's, it's a team atmosphere in AEW, and that's something that I personally enjoy. I like to feel like I'm a part of something bigger and part of a process that everybody's working towards the same goal. So I feel like that's been the best part of being in AEW so far. As, as a fan of wrestling, had you been watching much of AEW before you signed? Got a good uh, idea of what was going on? Yeah, I've been watching AEW since the first episode of, of Dynamite. Right. You ordered quite a few pay-per-views and... I hadn't been watching diligently, like all two hours every week for the past two years, three sure. years. But uh, I was very familiar with with the product, very familiar with with everybody that that's there. From a distance, it seemed like a place that I really, really wanted to go to, just because of what what was being built and kind of I, I could see from a distance how everybody is working towards the same goal, and it, it seemed like a team atmosphere from from a distance, and that's something that I really wanted to be a part of. Couldn't agree more. It just definitely feels like you're as cliche as it is to say, like, feels like part of a family. Like it really, really does. And I'm glad that that comes across on the TV and that you're experiencing that as a talent backstage. It's super awesome. Yeah. Uh, we are talking to Big Bill here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, lots more to talk about. This is AEW Unrestricted. We're talking to Big Bill. Uh, it's been quite a few years for you, but seeing where you are now and hearing the stories that you've talked about, kind of alluded to, uh, really inspiring story. Bill, it's okay, I want to read this tweet from April 2022. Uh, it said, in December of 2018, I publicly suffered a seizure from alcohol withdrawal in the uh, 2300 arena. Tonight, I will stand in that same building on impact as a new man with a new appreciation for life and all its blessings. Thank you, everyone. What did it feel like to be in that building again? Very, very emotional. The last time I'd been in there, obviously, was for that House of Hardcore show in December of 2018. Right. I don't remember leaving the building. Mm. It was a very, very scary incident. You know, for me, it's not as scary because I experienced it, and I don't, I don't, wasn't really sure what was going on. But from everybody I talked to, it was an incredibly scary situation. No one really knew what was going on. Sure that kind of set the tone for where I needed to take my life in the next few years, because it was very apparent to me after that, that if I didn't clean up my act, it was very possible that, you know, I don't want to be morbid, but that, you know, I, I could pass away. Right. So that kind of set in motion, 
a long process for me, a very rigorous process of, of, you know, getting sober and finding happiness. And at that point in my life in 2018, I didn't think I'd ever be happy. It was just a horrible time for me. Very depressing, constantly anxiety just all day long and drinking very, very heavily, obviously. So um, I was very, very miserable. And to come back to that arena on that day, as a totally different human being, almost, I would describe it. Extremely positive. So many blessings in my life, my health, my happiness. I'm, you know, sober and peaceful. I have a, you know, a great girlfriend in Lexi at the time. She was my girlfriend. And, uh, you know, and I'm back in wrestling, doing what I love more than anything in the world. And to have the opportunity to be back in wrestling in the best shape of my life, I think, you know, doing the best work of my entire career, it was, I had to take it all in. Yeah, I did get emotional in the promo that night. It was a very, very special evening. And it kind of, it was very positive looking forward, you know, thinking about all the positive blessings I had. But it was also, it was a good reminder of where things can go. And it was a good reminder of how badly things can get. So um, it was a really uh, spiritual experience, I would say, for me. It's hard to not get emotional, right? Yeah. You're yeah. a human being realizing... Uh, you're going through all these things and there's just this moment of, I did it. I've come this far. I've had the support. I've done it. And congratulations, man. That's takes a lot of work. Yeah. And I know that there are like, we're proud of you. And I know there's a lot of people in the world that are very proud of you and the work you've put in. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And one of the things that comes with all of this and being in the public eye is sort of having the opportunity to share your story and knowing that that's so important and it's connecting with people. So what what motivated you to be more open about it? You know, Dallas, uh, sorry, uh, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, he, he kind of was the one that pushed me in the direction of, of being open about it because it's something that, you know, you want to hide, especially in sports or in, re- in wrestling. You know, it's very uh, alpha mentality and you have to be tough. And those are things that... Um, you don't want to admit to anybody, especially to your peers and, and the public. I don't think that that's a very healthy. And I understand the mindset because I, I was in it and to kind of keep that stuff to yourself. But um, it's extremely unhealthy to do that. It's always best to kind of speak up. And Dallas told me to maybe tell my story because it, it could help just one person, even if it helps just one person. Right. Why did I go through all this suffering for there to be no one to benefit? And that's kind of how I look at it now. I went through everything that I went through. And if I was to not share my story and not help anybody else, then what was it all for? It was all for naught. It was just a lot of suffering without a payoff, without a positive in the end. So I kind of look at the positive is me helping other people by sharing my story, giving them advice, helping them through it. That at least makes me feel like everything I went through was at least worth something. So being open about it was incredibly important to me. And like I said, in sports, especially you want to keep things to yourself. And that kind of um, kind of set in motion for me, this attitude now going forward of just being very honest. Because a lot of times when you're in the public eye, there's a lot of temptation to be dishonest or to not be entirely truthful with the fans. I think that was kind of the catalyst for me where I started just being very honest. And I, it feels very liberating to kind of be open and honest about everything. Very well said. Very that DDP has been quite an inspiration for many people, hasn't he? I mean, he, he really has turned around a lot of people's lives. He has. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, helped so many, so many people. And he continues to help people. And there's a lot of people that you don't see that he's constantly helping. So um, 
guys doing the Lord's work as, as some people say. So yeah. he's been a big part of, uh, my journey. And obviously I met Lexi through him. So that's, sure. that's mm-hmm. a huge positive too. So, so, uh, big bill, uh, returns impact wrestling rebellion, 2021. What did it mean to be back in a wrestling ring after being away for 18 months? It was really, really special. I even, I was supposed to go out there and be like, uh, all angry and, and whatnot, but I, I couldn't help but crack a smile. It was just good to, to be back in a, you know, in a, big platform a lot of fans watching and it was a really good night for me extremely nervous very cotton mouthed and uh mm. is very very nervous that whole day to be back in front of the public eye like that on a pay-per-view everybody there was was extremely helpful it felt really good and again it was just like that match with with wardlow where it's kind of you're in a you know you're looking at it very positively and you're looking at your accomplishment and you're saying wow this this is really something great but you again you're reminded of the past and how far you've come. I think that that's really important for me is every time I achieve something or take a major step forward, I have to sit back down and just appreciate where I've come from. Because sometimes we overlook those things or I overlook those things. And um, I think it's very important to kind of take a moment to yourself and quiet and shut off the Twitter and shut off TV, shut off music, whatever it is, and really reflect on on the journey you've been on and how far you've come. So that was one of those moments for me. You talked about your... Your match with Wardlow and with the MJFTs that you were going to be there and this like very positive fan reaction, especially in the arena. But when you showed up at Rebellion, this is still like heart of the pandemic and coming back to an empty arena in the pandemic era. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> how, how hard was that after an 18 month absence? That was really hard. I had never experienced anything like it. Even, you know, shows when I was, you know, in developmental years ago, there would at least be some of the talent in the audience. And uh, when we did those in-house shows, there was literally nobody there. It was really hard to adjust. It was really hard to, you know, when the fans are there, you get that instant feedback, you know, that reaction. Are you, what you're doing? Is it good? Is it bad? You know, right away. There was no instant feedback. And the, and the weirdest part about it was during, during the match, I could hear the people behind the curtain, you know, saying things on the headset. I could hear mm-hmm. what was being said behind the curtain because it was literally that quiet in there. Right. That was surreal. That was like, this is so different, so weird. Yeah, that was that was incredibly interesting. But I'll never forget the hearing guys on the headset while in the ring on a pay-per-view. It was, it was pretty crazy. Does a lot for your concentration in the ring, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bill, how did the opportunity with Impact come about? Because of uh, Gallows, yeah. Doc Gallows, when I was trying to come back to wrestling, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. And he, he kind of really helped me in that beginning process to kind of get me to come back. And then he put me on a sh- one of his shows. And again, I was like, I don't know. I don't think the people are going to remember me. And he was like, you're out of your mind. They're going to definitely remember you. Right. And you know how we, we can get sometimes. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think the reaction is going to be that great. Right. Because they haven't seen me in so long. And the reaction when I came back on one of his shows was incredible. You know, he he went to Impact and he went to Scott and he he said, you know, I think you should give this guy a chance. Give give him a shot. And then I started talking to Scott through Gallows. And then um, we agreed to fly me into to Nashville that day of rebellion. And we were kind of on a week to week basis, month to month. We were only doing it per appearance. Yeah, I guess I made an impression pretty quickly and I got to be there for for about a year, which was incredibly important for my development, especially coming back from a few years off. Freaking awesome. And all those people at Impact are just absolutely great. Every time I've been there, been hanging out with them, it's just everyone's so supportive and so wonderful. And I'm sure 
it was really positive experience for you. As as much as those guys are nice, I think they were better. You know, uh, just a little, <laughs> <laughs> just a little side note there. While we're on the topic of impact, early 2022, you had a tag team match with the Hardy Boys, which is kind of insane, especially knowing your background in tag team wrestling. So how how did that match come together? What's it like being in the ring with the Hardys? Yeah, uh, the only other time I'd been in the ring with the Hardys was uh, on a WrestleMania a long time ago when they came back in a ladder match. And uh, that was my first time ever working with right. them. Yeah, that was my first time ever working with them or ever meeting them, actually. That was obviously, if you ever go back and watch the video, that was wild to be a part of that. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, Northeast Wrestling, Mike Lombardi, he booked some really, really great shows, ind- independent shows. And he asked me if wrestling hardies would, would be something I'm interested in. And I was like, you have to ask me that question. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> you tell me where and when, and, and, I, and I'll be there. And uh, Mike Lombardi made it happen. And he, put together that show for Northeast wrestling. And, uh, that was really, really fun. It's a small gymnasium, maybe like 1500 people, maybe 2000, whatever it was a lot smaller than 75 at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. but it was really, really cool. Got to take our time and, and have a lot of fun. And, uh, those guys are, they're so great to work with. They're obviously they're the freaking Hardy boys. So they're awesome. Right. That was a fun, really, really fun match for sure. Your, uh, your fame came to uh, a height in the WWE team with Enzo. Uh, you guys were more than just uh, tag team partners. You're very good friends. How far back does that friendship go? Friendship goes goes back pretty far, I guess, to when we were teenagers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, kind of just meeting as teenagers, kind of separating from there. And then when he came for his tryout with WWE, we reconnected. I was like, holy, I can't curse. Holy, holy macro. You, you can curse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's pretty crazy. And then um he cut his promo in promo class and I was like, man, I really hope they sign this guy because me and him mm-hmm. could, could do something together. The rest is history, I guess, as they say. It was, uh, I'd known him since maybe 14, 13, something like that. When, when I was 14 years old okay. uh, playing basketball, we met a long, long time ago. But uh, we reconnected in FCW and uh, that was quite a journey. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely still a very good friend of mine and he's uh, somebody I keep in contact with very frequently i know that was uh when you guys were teaming on nxt that was right around the time that like i had started watching wrestling yeah and just the chemistry that you guys had and how fun it was to watch the both of you was just one of my favorite parts of the show i appreciate that you guys were clearly having a good time and i think that's we've touched on that kind of throughout this interview that like the authenticity and not lying to the fans and just being kind of what you are and seeing that you two are having fun. It's like everybody sort of felt that. Yeah, it's contagious. When you're having fun, the fans are having fun because they they can see it. So the goal is to just go out there and things can get messed up or whatever happens, just have fun and that will translate to the audience for sure. As long as the fans are having fun and they feel good and they walk away with a positive impression, then you know you did did your job. Exactly. Yes. Love it. We are talking to Big Bill on AEW Unrestricted. We could do just a complete full hour with the amount of fan questions we got, but we're going to somehow cut it off coming up here on the podcast, AEW Unrestricted. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey talking to Big Bill about the amazing, amazing couple of years he's had in wrestling, coming back from craziness that he had in his life and just the amazing person that he is. Uh, so happy that you're here today with us. Thank you very much. Got a lot of fan questions, so we're, we'll, we'll get through as many as we can. 
We've got a question from Jason McLean. I'm actually curious about this. How did you choose the jeans and belt to wrestle in over chunks and tights? Yeah, that was Jericho's idea a long time ago. I, I talked to Chris, uh, it had to be, you know, 2019. He said, man, uh, everything you did in WWE, the look, scrap it. He said, you got to do something brand new. And I was like, well, like what? And he was like, something brand new. He was like, I don't know what, but everything needs to change. I had always thought about wearing jeans and Timberland boots. I'd mentioned that to him and he said, we'll see, see if it works out, right? And that's definitely different. I don't know. I really enjoyed wearing that. And I felt more confident wearing that. I felt more like myself, again, being authentic, wearing trunks and those high boots. Like, it's not me, man. I just don't feel, I, I for me, it, it just didn't feel right. So wearing jeans and Tim's felt right. That That's kind of, it started with Jericho kind of telling me to switch things up and then the jeans and the Tim's. And I felt, it felt organic to me. I was like, this is it. This feels right. The next question comes out of Twitter from Joe Aguinaldo. Joe, hopefully you pronounce your name right, but here's your question. <laughs> Big Bill's in the best shape that I've ever seen him in, says Joe. What is he doing in terms of workouts and diets? Well, in terms of working out, working out harder than I've ever worked out in my life. And I think a lot of times in the past, I, I had thought that I was pushing myself to limit, thought that I was working as hard as I could. But looking back now, it wasn't even close to how hard I should have been working. In the gym, probably five days a week, I run uh, on an incline every time I'm in the gym. That's good for shredding fat. And my diet is incredibly strict. No carbs, pretty much no carbs wow. here and there. But uh, yeah, a lot of uh, protein, meat, vegetables, protein shakes. Yeah, kind of just, it's, it's about that consistency is kind of, you got to, you keep compounding returns. Every day you do get 1% better, the next day 1% better. It's kind of just, to me, I realized the consistency for me is what's most important. It's really, really crazy. And I think people don't see the work you're putting in. They just see the result and the amount of hard work that goes into something like that. Like taking one step back is actually not just one step back. It's like a couple and then you got to start working back to where you were before you can work forward again. So good on you, man. Building those habits is so hard. I explain it like going up, uh, down escalator. So if you if you don't keep going, you're going to start coming back down. So uh, yeah, if you don't keep moving forward, it's going to be incredibly hard to see positive results. It's a brilliant analogy, and I don't know how I've never heard that before. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, that's absolutely what it is. Uh, we got a question from Joey Oberhofner. Uh, something I'm actually interested in knowing as well, just because everyone's kind of got their different techniques. But you had mentioned earlier, like having like the anxiety and dealing with all of the mental struggles of going through what you did. Do you have any tips on like how to motivate you when you're defying that voice of like something telling you like it's going to be a bad day or you're going to have a hard time or just whatever's holding you back? Do you have any tips for overcoming those moments? Yeah, well, so I always advocate for seeing, you know, a mental health professional. But in those moments, um, it's about being active. I, I was told in recovery early on, anxiety can't hit a moving target. Mm. You need to get out of bed and, and, and keep moving because staying in bed or sitting on the couch or staying stationary is like the worst thing you do. So you can do. So you have to be moving constantly. And there's this thing called like the five second rule. If you think about doing something or something proactive and you don't get it done within the first five seconds, you're not going to do it. So you have five seconds to actually get up and do it. That really helped me. And it wow. it really is true. Once you get above five, once you get to 10 seconds, that's when your brain starts saying, nah, you could just 
you could just sit down. Within that first five seconds, if you're up, you're money. But if you give it any longer, it's extremely likely that you're just going to stay seated and not do anything. Damn. That is tremendous. Yeah. Scott Webb wants to know, what was your time in WWE like? And can you compare it, you don't have to, to impact in AEW's time? It was, I was a lot younger, a lot more immature, a lot more wound tight and stressed out all the time. It was really, really obviously fun experience. It was my first taste of traveling a lot and and being on the road and living out of a suitcase, which, you know, in the beginning is very exciting, but it gets old. Where's on you? Yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs, you know, especially being in NXT and being in developmental for five years and doing blow up drills every day. And then, you know, setting up the rings at the shows. And mm. that's a lot of the hard work, I guess, that people don't see e- either, is, is especially is that hard work that goes in before the shows, setting up rings and, and driving to the shows. And there were a lot of times that I struggled, but making it to, you know, the main roster was, it made everything worth it and um that travel schedule and it starts to wear on you and it was a very very hefty travel schedule but my time there was i would overall say it was pretty great there's obviously any time you can pick negatives and in comparison to AEW, again my opinion i don't know it's i'm fairly new to AEW, but right it's a lot more um even though it's live television it's a lot more laid back yeah a lot more breathe easy not so much uh, walking on eggshells. And I think we as talent tend to do that to ourselves in certain environments. You know, we, but uh, I think, like I was saying before, with the, the team atmosphere, the camaraderie, everyone willing to help, not feeling like everyone's gunning for your spot, you can breathe a lot easier. And I feel like that, you know, creates some fluidity. And uh, it's, it's nice to be a lot more relaxed nowadays. It's definitely nice. I uh, yeah. I tend to ask the extras whenever they're there, like, how you feeling? They're like, it's actually like way more chill than I thought. Because I yeah. think it just kind of calms everyone down once they realize it's like, no, you're you're good, man. Yeah, just for hang sure. out, have fun. If wrestling's not fun, why the fuck are we doing it, right? Yeah, the hundred. why are we beating up our bodies if, if we're not having fun? Exactly. It just becomes a paycheck then, and that sucks. That would suck. You're just dropping nuggets today. I'm going to have to go back and like <laughs> write all these down on a freaking pad that I look at every morning and just go five second rule going up the down escalator. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Five second rule. Just like five second rule. Like, like when you drop food on the ground, like <laughs> that's yeah. where my head went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Got a question from Dennis Dirty Work. Are there any particular like big men or even average size men wrestlers that you sort of fashion yourself after? And second part of the question, are there any people in the back that you seek advice from? Yeah. So so in terms of who do I try to model myself after, who, who do I watch? You know, obviously Undertaker and Kevin Nash are, are two big ones for me. Another one right. that, I, that I would say is, is Brock is a big one just because um, mm. how real it feels when he's in there. Like, right. That's an element that I think, I think in terms of, this is just my opinion, when in terms of in-ring, I think the most important thing a talent or an upcoming talent can work on or have is convincing the viewer that what you're doing is is real to you. Like you are just so in the, I don't know how to explain it, that intensity, that that drive, that hard work. Brock's a big one for me. Like I said, Nash and Undertaker. And the people in AW that I kind of get advice from would be, Paul White, Big Show. He mm-hmm. obviously was an influence on me, you know, in WWE also. So I have that connection. Jericho is a big one. Moxley, you know, I used to room with him 
way back in the day in FCW. So we've been good friends since then. So he's another one that I always go to for advice. And uh, Christian's another guy that I ask for advice a lot of the time. And uh, as of late, Taz, I've been talking a lot to Taz. And yeah, he's been he's been helping me out quite a bit. So uh, those would be the people backstage at the, that I seek outwardly seek advice from. I love Taz. Yeah. <laughs> Taz is a special person, brother. Wow. <laughs> just see you cracking yourself up there in your chair, talking like as soon as Taz gets mentioned. <laughs> yeah, when you said Taz's name, it was like, well, okay. I get it, though. I, I get it. Taz does give a lot of good advice. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. RJ wants to know, what do you, this is kind of a loaded question, think about this. What do you hope to accomplish in AEW? And what do you wish to accomplish before your wrestling career is over? Wow. In AEW, I would like to have a singles run. I would like to really add to my body of work and really have, you know, a lot of good or very good or great singles matches to kind of add that. Because like we said before, you know, the tag team matches are, are definitely in my repertoire already. I would like to have some really good feuds, some really good singles matches to add to my body work and to kind of show that I, as big as I am, I could still move very well. I think that's something that I really take pride in is that uh, as a big guy, I, I'm fluid and light on my feet. And I'd like to a good amount of singles feuds and really great matches. And obviously I'd like to win the AW world title. I mean, if you're not there to do that, then what the fuck are you doing? Right. Yep. That's just my opinion. If you're not shooting for the top, then I don't know um, what the hell you're doing. And then by the end of my career, and that, that's a, really good question I, you know what i would say the ultimate goal for my career there's so many things you can accomplish but i think the ultimate goal would be to be memorable because mm. i think there's a lot of champions in the past there's tag champions world champions that people don't really remember there's been title reigns that people don't remember but i want to be somebody that's memorable so for whatever it is i do whatever it is that i accomplish to be memorable i would like for people to to always remember me so that would be my ultimate goal Okay, just another nugget I got to write down. There you go. Like, <laughs> this would be great, man. No, got a question from Susie Sue. I desperately need hair care tips. Your hair is glorious. Can you share your secrets? <laughs> yeah, I only condition it like once a week. Shampoo it like twice a week. I let it air dry. I never use a blow dryer. I guess those would be the only tips that I have because that's all I really do. But yeah, it's just wash twice a week, condition once a week, and, and never, ever use the blow dryer. That's another. That's one of my rules. Heat'll destroy it. Yeah, yeah. You may have answered this, but we'll see. Anyway, Team Becky Girl, who was your wrestling idol growing up? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. It's, it, started, it started out as uh, Bret Hart, and then uh, I went to an event, Survivor Series in the Garden in 96. All the cool kids, as I say, were, were rooting for Austin. That kind of made me a, an Austin fan. I wanted to be cool. So uh, growing up, Stone Cold Steve Austin would be the idol that I have. And I got a chance to meet him and do his podcast. And uh, that was pretty surreal for me. Question from from John. I know we've talked about sort of wrestling styles and whatnot. But uh, what or who is your inspiration for being such an intimidating heel? Man, the I try to really emulate Brock with, in terms of the intensity, Undertaker with the intensity. Uh, but in terms of being a, heel you know jbl's a guy i just mm. there's something about jbl you know that 2004 2005 jbl where mm. he's just such an asshole dude so i i, I do i do, <laughs> do kind of emulate him quite a bit 
Yeah. And a lot of times it's movie characters and TV characters that I try to emulate because, you know, in wrestling, it's all not that it's all been done. It's a lot of things have been seen. A lot of styles, a lot of promos have been done. So I try to really kind of steal, I'd almost say, from characters on TV shows that I that I watch and the real pieces of shit that those are the guys when I watch them, I'm like, <laughs> that's who I want to be. Yeah. The, the, like the dude from the Shawshank Redemption, the warden. That guy, try to emulate that guy because he is such a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that's what makes movies great—the heels that you really want them to get them in the end, right? I mean, you just really think, yeah. "Gotta get that son of a bitch." Yeah, when you really feel inwardly like you really, really hate the guy, yeah. and he's on a TV screen, and you know it's being filmed, and you know that it's not real, but you All get right. that emotion stirred up inside of you that's a really good heel makes a tv show i, I agree absolutely have you ever watched uh the mayor of kingstown i have not watched that mayor of kingstown that's uh, jeremy renner uh, but there's a bad guy in there named milo okay who also who also played Littlefinger in game of thrones oh, oh yeah 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 what a great heel it's one of those guys oh, you, just, you want to see him just slam the door in his head what's the name of that show again i gotta write that down the mayor of kingstown the mayor of Kingstown. Okay, cool. It's on Par- It's on Paramount. Cool. Great, great heel. Well, anyway, with that in mind, great baby face behind the scenes and a good guy, <laughs> Big Bill. Great baby face for many reasons. Number one is he's a New York Yankees fan. That's right. And we appreciate that, brother. You, <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate you being with us. It's great having you backstage. It really is. Oh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Bill, you're at uh, the Caz XL. Is that right? On Instagram and Twitter? T-H-E-C-A-Z-X-L, but I am currently in the process of switching it over ah. okay. to to a big bill handle. I'm still trying to okay. nail one down, but T-H-E-C-A-Z-X-L right now is my handle. You got it. Yeah. There we go. Uh, breaking news. He's going to be changing his Instagram and Twitter handle soon. <laughs> yes. Always a big step when it's like, oh my God, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it actually yeah. worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today, man. You could follow and listen to this podcast, new episodes every Thursday, AW Unrestricted, free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can check out the video episodes on our YouTube channel. Just search AEW Unrestricted in that little box with the magnifying glass. You can watch Dynamite on TBS Wednesdays, Rampage on TNT Fridays, Dark on Tuesdays, Dark Elevation on Mondays, both of those on YouTube. I am Aubrey Edwards with my wonderful friend, Tony Schiavone. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted.